one, we have ignition and we have liftoff. We have liftoff of the Titan Centaur carrying the first of two Voyager spacecraft to extend manned senses farther into the solar system than ever before. Reports coming back indicate those twin lights. Hello from the children of planet Earth. What if I told you that your life right now is worth noticing. This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. In 1977, the United States launched two robotic probes into space. These probes are known as Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And they're still out there. And even though their mission has been altered a few times, the most interesting detail about their presence in space isn't what these probes are meant to capture, but what they carry on board. These twin spacecrafts are hurling through space right now with 12-inch gold records affixed to their fronts. Playable gold records, as in lay the needle on the record and cut a rug type records. Which, of course, begs the question, why in the world would we send records into space? The answer sounds like the beginning of a sci-fi film. Because we don't quite know just what or who is out there. Or to quote world-renowned scientist and the director of this project, Carl Sagan, the spacecraft will be encountered and the record played only if there are advanced spacefaring civilizations in interstellar space, which is a brilliant person's way of saying, there's a good chance this won't work, but we're gonna try it anyways. But we have to talk about something at this point. Of all the things we could have sent into space, a record? Well, to be fair, the year was 1977. What else were they going to send? And plus, if you think about it, at this point, records are making a major comeback. So it fits. And then we have to ask, if you were making a mixtape for extraterrestrials, what would be on it? Well, in this case, there's music from around the world. Everything from classical, blues, rock. Shout out to Chuck Berry. There are greetings in 55 different languages, including ancient languages that no longer exist. There are different sounds of earth, things like humpback whales and other animals, the sounds of footsteps and even laughter. There's information about the solar system, our technology at the time, biology, anatomy, and then there are over 100 images depicting life here on earth. But the reason these records were launched into space is not because we wanted to expose other life forms to the musical stylings of Beethoven. It's because we wanted to send what Carl Sagan compares to a message in a bottle tossed into the cosmic ocean. It's a time capsule meant to tell other life forms what life on Earth is like. To say, hello, we're here and we mean no harm. 
Here's a fun thought experiment. If you were given the opportunity to launch your own personal golden record into space, what messages would you want on it? What would your greetings be like? Which songs would you select? Which sounds would you choose to communicate your essence? Which images? How many would there be? What would they look like? What would your hope be for a record like that? If you think about it in a certain way, we are all launching gold records into space every day. The work we put into the world, the way we show up, our communications, our creative endeavors, our relationships, in a way, are golden records that we launch into space. Because there's no guarantee our efforts will reach intelligent life. <laughs> or that other people will understand what we're trying to do, let alone appreciate it. But that being said, I still believe it's a worthwhile experiment. Because even though showing up in the world sometimes feels like sending a probe into darkness, no kindness or love or generosity is ever truly wasted. We don't know who will at any point engage with what we bring to the world. But it still matters. Even if only to us. Even if it only moves us. Even if it only stirs us. It's worth it. Do you know what isn't on the golden records barreling through space right now? Any mention of war, conflict, famine, disease, racism, sexism, xenophobia, unnecessary suffering, religion, division of any kind. It's absolutely absent. And that is by design. The committee responsible for this project wanted to send a message of hope, a story of unity, an example of this planet at our very best. There's a message on this record from then-President Jimmy Carter that concludes, We are attempting to survive our time so we may live into yours. What a sobering message when you consider the backstory of our species. We haven't been very good at unity, historically. The scientists at NASA knew that more than 40,000 years would pass before these spacecrafts would come closer to any other star other than our sun. This was a long game. This had patience built into it. Will we even be around if these messages are intercepted at some point. Thinking along these same lines all those years ago, Carl Sagan imagined intelligent life finally discovering these messages. He said, Have we destroyed ourselves since we launched Voyager, they might wonder? Or have we gone on to greater things? In this way, the golden record aboard Voyagers 1 and 2 is more than just a message in a bottle meant for spacefaring aliens. It's a reminder to ourselves of what really matters. It's a time capsule stuffed with hope. It's filled with snapshots of humanity at its best, its most 
generous. But this record forces us to take an honest look at where we are today. We have extended a peaceful, generous greeting to the unknown, sure. But we struggle to welcome with open arms those within our own species. Those with flesh and blood just like our own. We shield these currently imaginary strangers from the images of war and inhumanity, but we capture destruction on our own cell phones and upload images of unspeakable violence for children to see on the internet. Yes, we have broadcasted hope into breathless space, but we have human beings crying out, I can't breathe right here on planet Earth. We launched the Voyagers in 1977 as a way of getting a closer look at other planets. But at the beginning of 1990, at the request of Carl Sagan, Voyager 1 spun around and took a snapshot of Earth from 3.7 billion miles away. If you look at the image, all you can see is a tiny speck of light. That's Earth. Sagan called it the pale blue dot. And it serves as a humbling reminder of our place in the grand scheme of things. If you've ever heard Carl's words on the pale blue dot, they probably still resonate with you to this day. He said, look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner, in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, 
In all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known.